What's up, y'all? This is your girl, Don Patrice, and you're listening to Keeping the Towel with Ann. Peace world, easy world. It's your man, Ann Boogie. Don't worry about the name. Get used to the voice. It's another episode of Keeping the Towel. Thank you so much for rocking with me again. I'm grateful to have you in the mix. Thank you for having me banging on those eardrums, and thank you for having me in your head at this time. Ladies and gentlemen, you already know what this game is. The game is, this is the fight of life. And I need to make sure that you are there and in it with me. And I got another person in the sparring gym with me. And I promise you, y'all, y'all going to like her. You're going to love her spirit. You're going to love her attitude. On top of that, not only is just she intelligent, she got that dope smile. So, yeah, don't get caught up in it. But, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Decatur. Yeah, where's greater? My homegirl, Dom Patrice. Dom, are you in the building? Yes, sir. Lovely introduction. Thank you. Yeah, she is here. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to vibe about her. And why is it that she keeps her towel in the midst of this fight called life? So, Dawn, this is what I need you to do. I need you to make sure that you get your headgear on, get your mouthpiece in your mouth, and put your gloves on. Make sure your hands are wrapped. Ladies and gentlemen, grab a seat and gather around the ring. It is Ant Boogie and Dawn Patrice. This foreign session has officially started. Let's get it. Dawn, let's pop in our tape in the tape deck with our bright orange headphones that we didn't like rocking. And we're going to rewind this tape back to 19... And you're going to go ahead and let us know the genesis of Miss Dawn Patrice. So in elementary, I was that kid, strangely enough, because what kid, like 7, 8, 9, 10... Like people are coming to you for advice. So I was really that that young, that little girl, actually. And so I'm sharing that because a lot of times, and I can say this now, we we try to figure out what we want to do with life, what what we want to do in life, but innately we already have everything inside of us as a kid. We just have to figure out, like, okay, oh, this is this is my purpose, this is my thing. But in life, life all happen. You thinking you got to figure out everything, but ultimately, it's already inside of us. So I'm sharing that because I realized even by the time, so that's elementary school, me giving little kids advice, you know, about whatever <laughs> we was. I don't know what folks asking me, but I remember they was coming to me. So from elementary, middle school, high school, and I remember vividly, probably around. I say more so 16, 17, 18, actually. I remember telling my mom, I said, I want to have my own nonprofit. I want to work with young kids. Now, again, I'm a kid. And I strayed away a little bit, not too far, because from that childhood, you know, innately helping people, middle school, high school. Once I got to college, I'm volunteering at a middle school. And that's really where my uh, public speaking started. I saw how kids were being disrespectful to the teacher. And he was a very helpful guy, like really, really cool. And me, I've always been very outspoken. I was never the one, if you treating somebody wrong, oh, I'm going to stick up for them. Like, I don't do no, don't don't bully nobody or, you know, don't do that because I get too straight. Like, I've always <laughs> had heart. I'll say that I've always had heart. Like, don't mistreat anybody. 
So I saw how the students were mistreating the teacher, just being real disrespectful. And so I was like, excuse me. I said, the next, you know, tomorrow, can I come and speak to your kids? Now, I'm supposed to be tutoring them, but I just feel like they kept on trying this man. He said, okay, sure. I spoke to the kids. They had to write like a page of what I spoke about. And everybody did. And like the next day, it was just kind of a different energy. And he was so appreciative of me setting kind of the tone moving forward, just to kind of, not kind of, but helping shift the kid's mindset because you actually really have a great teacher. So why are you not listening? Why are you not doing what you need to do now in preparation for the next level? But how I broke it down, I broke it down in a very practical way. I know sometimes adults, you know, we say stuff, it's, it's over the kid's head. But just make it real simple. Like, keep it extremely simple for them to get it. Yeah, that's me as a little kid. I just kind of tied that into my adulthood, so I'm sorry. Don, now, as you grew from this little girl, like, don't talk to me, I got the attitude, and then high school. Is this the same? Donna, what were you evolving into during high school? Yeah, I, just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You just said that I'm like, I mean, I feel like I was just 18. So at that time in high school, I wasn't evolving into nothing. I was just being free. I can't say I wasn't evolving into, into anything. At that time, I didn't think that I was, but I guess ultimately I was. I can say that even my experiences, and I'll just say this, earlier how I said in high school, you know, I was fly, dressed nice. I had a little boyfriend from like ninth grade to 11th grade. And so growing up in the South, we had this thing where we wanted to be married by a certain age. So yeah, that was crazy. So I thought that was my husband, y'all, like straight up. I was evolving into a ride or die chick. That's what I was evolving into. Like, just to keep it real, just simple on some real gangster, you know. <laughs> I like hood guys at the time. Mm -hmm. So I, I say I was evolving into that because after that relationship, that young teenage puppy love relationship, I said, oh, I'm not going to talk to no hood guy again. Mm -mm, I ain't doing that now, y'all. So I said that right so see what had happened was yeah. then I get to college here I go doing the same thing the same exact thing mm. so I was actually I didn't know I was evolving into a ride or die chick because innately I'm loyal right. like if I rock with you I'm rocking with you That's period right. because I seen such consistency in my mother and how she moved with me how she moved with her friends so I, I saw what loyalty looked like. I saw what commitment looked like. I saw what unconditional love looked like. So that's all I knew. And that's what I would give to anybody, whether it's in a relationship or a friendship. I'm rocking with you right. till the wheels fall off. Until I see otherwise, we ride. From that high school dawn, I, I was actually evolving into a young adult that was still focused on the wrong thing, actually which it was someone else or something else instead of myself. Dawn, if it was just you or you had siblings? Um, in I'm the, the only child. Only child, okay. Yeah, so, so it was me and my mother. Being the only child, we know there's always a different dynamic when now you transition into sort of the real world, the pre-real world college. 
being this <laughs> right. own this only right, child. This real world. Yes. So you're this you're the only child in this pre real world. So now did being the only child normally we hear like I those who have siblings they be like mm -hmm. I I shared those who were only children like nah it was just about me and me alone. Like, nah, I'm, oh, I'm, no, I wasn't a selfish person. Mm -hmm. My mother didn't raise me that way. She didn't play that. The, she didn't raise me to be self-consumed. Like, it's all about you. She was the type of person, when I go in this store, don't you ask me for nothing and don't touch nothing. <laughs> and my mother, if, if I said what I said was a person back then, it was my mother. Um, because she told me as I got older, she said it was you and I. So I couldn't depend on nobody to take care of you like that. And if somebody did watch you, I let them know, hey, don't be picking her up and spoiling her. A no was a matter of fact, no. If I asked her again as I got older, she was even more stern on saying no because she said what she said. Right. So even how I am, like, I don't fold. I don't fold because I saw what it looks like with the mother that didn't fold when it came to raising me. So when I got to college, it's actually so funny you say that because one of my college friends, he just found out recently, like in the last couple of years, that I'm an only child. And it was shocking to him because we have a, another only child friend and you can tell she's the only child. No shade to her if she hear it because, you know, we love you, girl. But I don't give only child energy. I don't give this all about me. I care. I share. If I got it, it's yours because it's not about me. Like, we're in this world to help each other. I don't give brats. Mm. How about that? I don't give a brat energy. As you're going through college, the challenges that comes with that as you're out there. And was it to the point where it was like, yo, is it going to be a straight shot? I'm finishing or did it have, or did it like, uh, had to cut off? What happened in with college done? Who was this done now? <laughs> Indeed. Man, y'all, when I was in college, I, I had the time of my life. I partied. I partied from Thursday to Sunday and I'm not exaggerating. And where'd you party at? What, what, what school? Oh, I was at, I was at Bethune Cook. Come on now. <laughs> In Daytona Beach, Florida, y'all, let me tell you. It's so funny because it's the same now. Oh, I'm outside. No, baby, I've been outside. I've been outside. I remember vividly me and my roommate, we went to the library because we like, we got to focus, you know, outside. We got, we're freshmen, new to the campus. Now, mind you, before I got to Cookman, before I was officially enrolled at Cookman. So if y'all remember, I said I really wasn't focused in high school. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do next. So I took the ACT, SAT, I believe. And I remember, I feel like I probably went to a high school party before my testing. Like I've been, like I love to dance. I, I love to be social, like it's just me. I remember going to the test, take to take the test. Y'all fell asleep. I was not focused. Right, hello. Wait, right. you fell asleep in the SAT? Yeah. Our ACT one, yeah, one of the, yes. Done. Yes. Done. How dare you gonna say something like that? Because I did the same thing. Anyway, keep going, keep going. I'm just saying, because I'm like, I don't know this. <laughs> now, I told y'all too, I'm in summer school from the 9th to the 11th. I'm I was never done, but I was, I was lazy. I didn't apply myself. And when it came to test taking, that wasn't my, I wasn't strong in that area. Long story short, obviously I didn't do good on that standardized test and I could not get into any college. However, I still, again, my mother pushing me, oh baby, you got to do something with your life. I applied to Bethune-Cookman 
And Bethune-Cookman was the only school that had a, like an enrichment program to help you prepare for college. So during that program, we earned, I think, two or three credits going towards our freshman year. So if it wasn't for that learning enrichment program, I wouldn't have gone into nobody's college. So that was the grace of God right there in itself. Mm. So you would think, girl, you a whole average student, but you over here partying. Again, I don't care. Like, I'm not thinking about, even when I was in college, I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated. I studied business. Well, okay, I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. I had that. And I remember even in elementary cater, we had this um, ITBS test. It was like a standardized test we had to take in elementary. And I looked at my records when I came back home from college and I scored extremely high in sociology. And that's actually what my degree is in, in sociology. So it goes back to innately, like we're here for a purpose and we already have gifts and talents inside of us. We just got to figure out how to place it and make it happen for our own lives. So ultimately in college, I party. I party, party, party. Uh, um, (laughs) Y'all gonna laugh at this. Oh, I'm just telling all my team, but it's funny to me because I'm here now. So I used to pay my home girl like $120 to write my papers. Like one thing about me, I'm gonna figure something out and I'm gonna make it happen. Like, period. So I did that and I was fasting my class by finessing pretty much. It just got to a point where with me finessing and not being focused. And again, let's go back to this ride or die shit before being in that relationship. I'm probably two months into school. And again, I'm from Decatur. And y'all know I got this little accent. I've always spoke this way. And, and then, you know, I had a little sporty attitude. Kind of cute, you know, flirtatious. No kidding. I was choosing, y'all. I was choosing. So I'm talking to a lot of people. I ain't no sex and nothing like that for y'all. Get anything in y'all head. I was just very flirtatious. And you want to, okay, what's up, you know? So it was one guy. I was talking to him and the guy, my college sweetheart, he wound up, my college sweetheart and the last guy I was talking to were from the same hood. So my college sweetheart, he just like, shoot, like I want it. And I was like, oh, that's sexy. Like, you know. <laughs> but this dude is like, girl, why are you talking to him? But it was something about the confidence. I like, you know, I like what I like then. So anyway, he pretty much got me from the old dude. And so from there, my energy and focus from like 19 to 21, 22 was that relationship. He was in school, but he was also dealing his, you know, his recreational activities to, to maintain his funding for school. And I'm right along with him. And when I say right along with him, we serving. I'm driving. You in the you, trap. You know, you know what I'm saying? You, you in know. the trap. Come on. You, know. you in the trap. All that. It's funny because I was driving one day and somebody was like, you you drive like a getaway. Like a getaway. <laughs> I said, only if you knew. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my college experience. I was so focused on that relationship. Um, at that time, he had younger kids, and I was doing the whole stepmommy thing, wind up shacking up together, just young and figuring it out and just kind of going with the flow of, okay, well, whatever he's doing, I'm going to support that. 
which was not the right thing to do. So eventually I just got a little exhausted with that. And I was like, I'm going back to Atlanta. Like I left everything. I had an apartment. I'm like, I don't want none of this. Like, I just want to go. And I remember sharing that with my teacher. She was like, you just finna leave? You finna run? I was like, I'm tired. Like mentally, it became a lot for me to just maintain that whole lifestyle. I don't want to say maintain, but live that life that I knew. My mama ain't raised me like that. Girl, what you doing? It's funny because my mom came to visit me one time and I introduced her to the guy. She came back, when she came back to Atlanta, y'all, she said, I prayed so hard. She said, babe, I thought you was on drugs. I was like, oh, yo. like how, how did how, how did my child who I raised be with this joker right here? Because this this is night and day. Right. Like completely night and day. Don, you decide to say it's been real and you leave Bethune Cook. You go out into the real world now. Leave one world that was mixed with a little bit of another world in it. And then now you right. come out into the real world now. Don, what's this like now for you when you step out there? I will say this. I have always been resilient. Nothing is going to stop me but me. I've always had a strong mindset. Even when I was wrong, I was very strong-willed in my wrong. And again, that's where that spotty attitude come from because you can't tell me that because I figured it out on my own. So once I came back home in January, because that was, what, 2007, I left Cookman. So January... I was working and I came back home and I only worked maybe for a few months, maybe four or five months. And I enrolled into Columbus State University. So I wound up going back to school because I just started getting my education. So I, I cannot not finish, right. period. So I knew uh, a second chance, do what you gotta do. Okay, boom. That was a completely different experience because I came from a HBCU to a very diverse campus. Now, mind you, I'm from Atlanta, Decatur, to be exact, and I went to school with, it was all black people. Going to school with a diverse group of people, it was different. So the classes were much larger, and I had to focus. I really had to put my energy into that. However, however, y'all hear that? However, with the comma, y'all girl, she didn't learn. Like, I'm hardhead. I am. So, went to this particular college, and I met a guy. And he was giving kind of the same energy as my ex and, and cooked me. Because I kind of, I missed that, that energy, you know, because we was together for about three years. So... Anyway, I'm talking to this joker. I ain't learned my lesson. All I know, y'all, we weren't even in a real relationship. We were just kicking it. And y'all know what kicking it mean in college, okay? Let's just call it fade a spade. So, you know, I'm thinking we exclusive in my mind. But baby boy, he choosing. I mean, choosing love. So there was a situation where I can't remember how I found out. Maybe I was calling dude. He didn't answer, and no, somebody I was working with told me he was talking to somebody else, so I was calling old boy. He didn't answer, and one thing about me, my pull-up game is strong, so it, I I'm calling my people's we at the house, and it's funny because recently they were sharing this story. I was like, oh my gosh, that was me. I did that. 
some kind of way, went to the house, not some kind of way, went to the house. He didn't answer, started banging on the door. Then when he did answer, I seen a girl in there. I'm trying to get in the house. Couldn't get in the house. So my friends was holding me back. If my mama hit it, she gonna be like, girl, you was got, thank God I prayed for you. So yes, mom, I was outside. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> so anyway, my friends got me to get back in the car and I'm about to pull off. And so when I pull off, I seen old girl walk on the sidewalk. My home girl said, this was literally last year we had lunch. She was like, girl, she said, Dawn, I don't even remember you parking the car. She said, you flew out the car so quick. And she said, I got around the car so quick to be able to catch you from swinging on this girl. Now again, young ladies, when you have, you don't have an issue with another lady, you have an issue with the guy. So never go to the woman about anything. So yeah, I was really on that type of time. I'm staking now. I'm looking, I, I see you at somebody's house. I'm about to flatten your top. Or did I flatten your top? Oh my God. I don't know. Oh it's been, so yeah, needless to say, yeah, I learned the hard way. <laughs> I figured things out. I'm resilient and I keep going until now. You know, I got more sense than I did in my 19 and early 20s. Done after you had your uh, for my man escapades and almost went on first 48 before it became first 48. Uh, right. Now you go out and you're now learning of who you are and as an adult now in the real mm -hmm. world again. Who's this? Who's done at this moment now as after Columbus State? So I graduated in May and by September, October, I was working in retail. So I was doing that for a few years, like upscale retails, Bloomingdale, Dillard's type thing. And at that time, I wasn't happy, but I was trying to figure out life. Right. I'm applying for jobs, nothing is happening. Matter of fact, let me go back. Before I, I start working at those retail jobs, listen, the girl has always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So I would sell clothes, old clothes of mine. And I would ask my neighbors, like, hey, you got some old clothes. And there was a flea market um, in McDonough where I would go every Saturday and sell clothes. And I was making some good money to be able to take care of my little bills at the time. So until, I don't want to say until that ran out, so I actually continued to do that for a long time. Not consistently, but I continued that. But I did that first before getting the retail job. So with me working retail for those years, I just had this energy that it was something so much more to me than what I was doing. Again, I've always been stylish and I, it was just, I, I was supposed to work for myself. Even as a, as a teenager, I would say, I just know I wasn't created to, to, to work for someone for the rest of my life. I vividly remember saying that as a teenager, like what teenager says that, right. but I knew in my heart of heart, life can't be like this. It makes no sense for me to be here and give it somebody 30 something years in my life and my time. So from there, I went from literally job to job. I went to two retail jobs. And then from there, I did Uber and Lyft for about three or four years. And that's when Uber and Lyft first started popping. So I was making some good money. Right. Like in three days, I'm making about 1500 in Ooh. three days. When I say I'm driving and I'm already from the city. So it was, it, I was a great, I'm a great driver too. So I was hustling. 
But even during that hustle, again, I'm also, I'm volunteering in the community. I'm working with nonprofits and I'm I'm uh, building community relationships, hosting events off Edgewood, um, hosting karaoke, organizing like over 250 volunteers for a nonprofit um, at the YMCA. So I'm doing things that I enjoy on the side because I'm like, something's just, I like this, I like this. So eventually I start working at a nonprofit, Georgia Center for Nonprofit. And so I did that pretty much. It was like, you got a stipend. You really weren't getting a lot of money. So I did that for a year. And within that year, I found myself encouraging my coworkers. And of course, I was pretty stylish. So on my lunch breaks, I had whole photo shoots. Like, hey, can you take my picture? Because I'm like, oh, I'm a stylist. This is what I want to do. Because I said, also, oh, I want to have my own boutique. So everything has been around creativity and fashion as well, as as well as encouragement. So from me doing these things at this particular job, I remember a friend saying, hey, can you style me for a vacation? And can you like get my bags and organize my closet? I'm like, yeah, because I do that naturally for myself. So it was nothing for me to do it for her. And then my coworker started asking for me to do the same thing. So I'm styling them as well as um, I'm encouraging them, even to the point there's times we're we're leaving outside of our desk just to go and pray and, and to encourage one another. I realized then that everything that I'm supposed to do while I'm styling you, I'm encouraging you. So I said, oh my gosh, I'm an image consultant because I am encouraging you from the inside out and styling, you know, encouraging you and styling you from the inside out. You came from doing with fashion and selling clothes and doing uber what was now done at this space that was like all right i think i know where I, what i'm ready for at this point for myself my purpose i did but i had i was trying i was just surviving mm. so even after uber and live it got to a point where I'm like, okay, this entrepreneurial uh, journey is not happening the way that I thought it would happen. So, baby, you're going to have to get your real job. Were there moments that your- you had, like, the frustration? Like, did you have those moments? Like, yo, I'm pissed. God. Like, I don't want to say I'm pissed, but I was just like, yo, why, why is it not happening yet? I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to be that. And when that was not happening, whatever that was, because even when I was at um, the nonprofit, I remember at that time, I said, oh, I'm a life coach. It made sense to me because that child, that little girl, don't, I'm still doing the same thing as a little girl, as an adult. And people are coming to me. I'm encouraging them. I'm pouring into them. So it just made sense. Oh, that's that's what I'm going to do. And that's all a part of the image consulting and all that just intertwined into one. Once, like I said, after leaving that that position for a year, did the Uber and Lyft for about three or four years. Nothing was happening. I did, what did I do? I created, now mind y'all, so I got personality for days. So I don't meet a stranger. I talk to anybody and, and I'm just very, I'm, I'm a free spirit and I'm very confident in who I am. So again, I'm creative and I will make something out of nothing. And because I knew that it goes back to, I wanted to work with young people. If you come in my car, hey, how you doing? Oh, where you going? Okay, really? Oh, what you do? 
Oh, you do that? Oh, you work at a nonprofit? Really? Oh, I have this um, I have this program, this six-week program, an image consulting. No, what did I say? I had an image development uh, workshop. Mind you, y'all, I ain't had nothing. I created it. <laughs> Come on, okay? now. Create the so, plane while it's flying. Yeah, so I, I went. She was like, oh, really? Because confidence will take you a long way in life. As my mother used to say, fake it till you make it. But now I faked it till I make it. But... I, I'm talking to people, so I I was actually a partner for the Covenant House here. It was a at risk um, teen shelter, so I'm doing my workshops there for six weeks. So I'm I'm working on literally the inside out because everything. Yeah, people are oh you're cute, you're pretty. Like I don't care nothing about that. Who I am on the inside, that's more reflective of my character because I always say your character will sustain you for a long lifetime. Your looks and everything will fade, but if your spirit is messed up on the inside, you really ugly. I don't care how beautiful you are, your spirit is nasty and it exudes from the inside out. So I've always been big on character and your image because who you are, that's what people will will remember you as. Like how you make somebody feel and how you show up for yourself. Ultimately, when you show up for yourself in a positive and great light, you'll be able to help others and help them to do the same thing. So that's ultimately what I, I was doing with that program. So I did the confirm, not confirmation, but affirmations before the I am, you know, was a thing recently in the last, you know, few years. I'm doing that years ago. That's the first workshop day. It was a buildup. So at the end, it goes back to styling. Like when it's in you, it's in you. So I style the young people from their donation closet. I organize it because, again, that goes back to my image consulting. I do that now. I'm styling your, you know, organizing your closet, decluttering. So I organize their closet, their donation closet, and I'm styling the young people from the resources that they had available. And I also had a, I partner with, what do you call it? Beauty schools and barbershops. Again, community partners that I met along the way. Hey, bruh, can you help me out? Da, 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 da. Oh, sure, I bet. Because people knew me from doing community service, feeding the homeless. Like, everything is community-based with me, right? So I built those partnerships. And so we styled the young people with the, you know, donation clothes, as well as we did their hair, I don't think we didn't do makeup. It was like really light makeup and nothing like the beats that they do now. It wasn't anything like that. But hair, makeup, and their nails. And you know, the guys got a haircut. That wasn't making me no money. So I, I'm spending money out of my pocket to, because uh, I'm, you know, make sure they got food, just a little thing to make it an experience because I'm big on experience. So after, you know, a couple of times, a couple of years doing that, I'm not doing what I want to do. I'm looking for jobs, but when I'm looking, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So I, I wind up just working in the healthcare field for about four years. And when I tell you it was, it was like prison. Mm. And when I say prison, yeah, explain that because I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. I knew it in my heart of hearts. I'm in a cubicle all day, all day. It's calls coming in. I'm doing literally 1,700 calls a day. And all around my my cubicle, and let me go back and let me say this. Again, people coming to me for encouragement because I got a positive attitude. Even though I'm not happy, yeah, I was going to work 
Oh, it's a beautiful day in paradise. Knowing dog or will, I don't want to be here. But mind over matter. So it goes back to my mindset. I've always vibrated higher in my mindset and knowing that greater is in store for me. Like, I believe in myself. I believe that God has more in store for me. So with that being said, I had affirmations all over my cubicle. And it's funny because actually a couple of my coworkers came over yesterday and I showed them around um, my home and they saw the affirmations in my office. And I said, you know, funny enough, these are the same affirmations that were in my cubicle when I was very unhappy. And those same affirmations are in my book now. I spoke life. I believed in myself even when I was very unhappy. I went from one uh, healthcare one healthcare business to another. And once I got to the second one, I wound up getting married. And knowing that I shouldn't have gotten married, did it anyway. And so it got to a point where we wound up getting a divorce. And at that time, I heard the Spirit of God tell me to resign from my job. It was very loud. It was a Sunday. I was leaving from my mama house. And I heard it like two times and I'm looking like y'all would have thought I was crazy. So I'm like, wait, wait, because I know what I mean. I ain't no way in the world I'm finna resign from nobody's job. You know how they say you gotta have six months to a, a year savings? Your girl had Nathan. You hear me? Nothing. Okay. So <laughs> I did it anyway. I did it anyway because I know when I heard God say, don't get married, but I went against myself and God. So growing up, I'll say this, let me go back. Because I grew up in a spiritual home, I would always say like, is this me or is this God? Because again, I've, 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 even though my mother raised me right, I just, I've been edgy, I've been rough. I've always had a heart and I've always been, had a little rebellious spirit. So when I was trying my, figuring out my spiritual way, once I got older, I was still questioning, is that me or is that God? Because I'll be thinking, like, I'm going to murk this person. Like, you trying me? You know what I'm saying? Like, but that's not good. So is this is this the right thought? Is this a bad thought? So anyway, once I got older, I realized, oh, this is God. This is doing the right thing. You know, this is when you have to be obedient. So long story short, I resigned from that job, my second healthcare job. And I was unemployed for a year and a half. Within that experience, I was stressed. I was concerned, but I also built some gangster faith along the way. And when I say gangster faith, the way I was rough and tough when it came to life, like ain't nobody going to try me, you disrespect me, it's going down type energy. I put that same energy into increasing my faith because not one month did I go without my mortgage being paid, Food on the table. It was times where I may have had $300 to my name. Now, one thing about it, I can hold on to some money. Like, people see me, oh, you dress nice, you got money. Let me tell you, I'm as cheap, as frugal as they come. I make something look like a lot. Because, again, I'm resourceful. I'm creative, right? So, I went through that, looking for employment. I'm paying people like, hey, can you, I want to make sure my resume is, is top tier. Why am I not getting no hits? I would have paid you this money. I should, I should be getting some traction. I'm not getting nothing. So it's crazy because a guy, a resume consultant, he found me on LinkedIn. And so I'm looking at his page. We happen to have gone to Cookman. I didn't know him, but he found me some kind of way. 
and I remember him reaching out and I was like, okay, well, what, what's your, what's your price? He said 300. Y'all, I think I had, I had 300 to my name at that time. 300 to my name. I'm like, man, if it went 300, it may have been five. I don't know. It wasn't a lot. I know it was under a thousand dollars in my account at that time. I can tell you that much. So I remember calling someone close to me. I ain't, I won't say their name, but I remember calling just like, hey, can you help me with that amount of money? And so, but mind you, during this journey of me being unemployed, God was like, it's me and you, babe. Don't depend on nobody. It's me and you. I'm holding you down. Just know I got you. So I heard that. But let me let me ask my people, like, you got me on the 300. So that individual was just like, well, I got 150. Ask your mama for, for the other 150. I'm like, bro, I'm asking you. You know, you say less. Don't worry about it. Make a long story short, I wind up spending my money, my 300 on the resume. And it was a situation where it was challenging for me to, um, well, the person that said they would help me, we kind of got into it. It was a, it was nasty. And so I wind up getting $150 from my mechanic. Let me tell you how God be working, y'all. So again, I, I am genuine. I'm very, I'm who I am. I'm very personable. And again, I'm loyal. So I've been going to this mechanic for probably over 10 years. So they know me, they show me love. So this particular mechanic, he's new to, to the shop. And I don't go to like no regular like Toyota or nothing. I go, I go to the Jamaican. So the Jamaican's looking out for you, girl. You know what I'm saying? Like if I ain't got it, matter of fact, speaking of I don't have it, during that time of me not being employed, my mechanic, because again, I'm a woman of my word. When I have it, you got it. And they knew that I was an honest person. And when I had it, I would pay them for the services they provided for me. So at this particular time, I went to get an oil change. So one of the mechanics, he was like, so Don, how you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm all right. You know, I'm just looking for a job. You know, somehow you need a tip. Now I heard this joker say that, but I didn't know what a tip meant. Y'all, he gave me $150. So I wound up getting the money back that I spent and my people wind up giving me their $150. So I wound up with three, $300. And so stuff like that would just happen. When I didn't have a lot, neighbors are calling, hey, you hungry? I just cooked some soup, like multiple times. And even when it goes back to the community that I live in, when I first moved over here, I was cultivating community. Hey, let's do a meet and greet. I'm old school. Know who your neighbors are. I ain't trying to be in your business, but if something go down, are you straight? You know what I'm saying? You good? You need something to eat? So I was able to cultivate that type of community where I literally was in need and people didn't know what I was going through and people just calling, hey, I cook. You know what I'm Yes. I am starving like Marvin. So thank you. You know, ultimately, that's, that's how I got to where I am now. Having faith, believing in myself, not giving up on myself, having the ultimate resilience to keep going and knowing that something greater would happen. I um, applied for a small business loan, got approved for that. That loan also allowed me to publish my first book, Inspirational Life Lessons. So the lessons that I've experienced on resilience, on family, on relationship, on, you know, self-belief, I put excerpts in that book to encourage someone else because it ultimately encouraged me throughout 
my twenties and some of my third, my early thirties. So now you are, as you said, came full circle. Now you right. are in a unique place, and I say unique because not many people should be there. But you are in a unique place now. You are at a space where you have a lot of students and also with parents. Explain how this even came into be. It came from, again, me being obedient and listening to God because I knew that I wanted to work with young people. I began subbing um, during my time of unemployment. And so for me, subbing, favor ain't fair. A lady came into a room, asked me if I wanted to be a long-term sub. I'm like, mm-mm, what is it for? Science? Oh, no, 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 I don't do no science, ma'am. She's like, no, you'll be good. No, 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 you don't know me. I don't do science. So she said, think about it, pray about it. I'm like, okay. So long story short, I prayed about it. I went back to the school and I was a long-term sub for maybe a month. So within that month, that same lady, she called and she said, hey, there's a position open for a parent liaison. And I said, what, what do they do? So she shared with me that and I looked it up. I was like, oh, it's advocacy, it's community partnerships building. Like that's, that's what I do. That's what I was doing unofficially throughout all these years on my own. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. So that's how ultimately I became the parent liaison um, currently now. And that experience thus far, I mean, just as recent as, well, let me just say this. Please, let me say this. It was challenging in the beginning because the role that I was filling, nobody was there for a year. And this is a required, a Title I. So Title I is federal funds. So you have to be in compliance with a lot of documentation, uh, budget, so forth and so on. So I'm coming into a role where there's no blueprint. I'm in there, eyes, uh, what is it, blindfold, trying to figure some things out. But let's go back to confidence. I was moving and shaking like I knew what I was doing. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to keep on asking questions. Well, who do I ask? That self, I did all of that. There was also a monthly meeting that we had to go to for the county for the role that I was in. So I was able to meet a network of people. And from there, we literally collaborated on our calendars for our parents and just building a community amongst ourselves to build a larger community for our parents in the Clayton County area. So that was like, okay, I have some support here because I'm the only one in my school with this position. So it was very challenging in the very beginning. Now going into pretty much will be my full year at this position. It has been rewarding, still challenging. Please don't get it twisted. Still challenging because it's a lot of stuff that you have to do within a certain time frame. that again, a lot of stuff wasn't in place. But the most rewarding experience thus far, just in the last week that we've been back in school is a parent coming to me, she had pretty much given up on her daughter. Her daughter, you know, was just being a teenager and she's a single parent. And so she was tired. Got to a point where she um, lost employment. So it's either, baby, you got six weeks to get your life together or you out of here, you going to job court. Like that's the type of energy and time she was on. So when she came to my, to my office, I'm a listener, so I'm listening to her. And as I'm listening to her, I begin to encourage her. Fast forward, she was so grateful 
of what I was saying and encouraging her because I get it. We all go through our own different things, but in some kind of way, I've been able to, I was able to relate to her. So I asked for the daughters to come to my office. And also, let me share this. I told the mom, I was like, I get your frustration, but how you communicated that with your daughter, it she could have taken it wrong. So you may, I would encourage you to actually apologize because you want to show that, you want to show a little vulnerability in, in letting her know like, hey, I, I could be better as a mom in this area, but this is why I said what I said. Like I meant what I said, but I could have said it in a different way. So the daughter came in, she apologized to her daughter. And when she apologized to her daughter, I asked her daughter, I said, how did that make you feel hearing your mother say that? She couldn't get three or four words in. She began to cry and she was saying how great that made her feel because she did not want to go to another state and finish off her, her, you know, her um, college, not her college, but her high school career. So things like that has been very re rewarding. And the mother even said, she was like, if you don't help anybody else, just know you saved a life. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you did your big one, you know, with this. Because even on a personal level, as a, as a mom, she was feeling very, you know, overwhelmed and defeated. And I'm just like, like how I was like, we can't be hard when it comes to some street stuff. But when we're turning a new leaf and God is really trying to work on us and we try, we about to fall. No, we're not finna fall. Like you're going to have to stand 10 toes on your faith and believe that God going to get you through. Like it's not by chance that we were able to meet and the things that I'm saying, I didn't know somebody else was telling you that, encouraging you. So it's a sign you got to keep going. So it's been rewarding to say the least. <laughs> and like I'm in my purpose, I'm in, in my path. So for me, it's literally an eye opener of just knowing, Dawn, you got to keep betting on yourself. Keep believing, keep knowing that no matter what you're going through, it's going to happen. You don't know when, you don't know how it's going to happen, but you don't fold on you. Stay focused on the big prize and it's going to happen when it's supposed to. Why do you keep your towel? I keep my towel because it's bigger than me. I'm a servant. And I know that God has gifted me with gifts and talents. And it's only right that I give my gifts and talents back to God by serving his people. So done. Before we hop out of here, if there's any last words you got, my dear, the floor is yours. I just want to leave everybody with this, as I stated. Believe in yourself, have the confidence, even when you're unsure about your path, still be bold, still still know that it is something greater inside of you that you are supposed to pursue. When it feels like all odds are against you, so what? Keep going. If not you, then who? You only have one life and what you do from the time that you're born and that dash in the middle, that's your impact. When you leave this earth, you want to die empty. Don't die with all these gifts and talents inside of you. It, it, it's unfair to your creator that has blessed you with all the things that you have. But take your time. Yes, you want it. You will want to give up, and that's okay. You, you're going to naturally feel like that. But just know it will get better soon enough. You don't know when, but believe in yourself and have the resilience and the mindset to know greater will come. That's what's up, Don. And I'm going to be up with you. I think it was some time ago when you had on your Instagram reel when you was talking about you got to be your your biggest hype person. You know, you got to be up. your biggest hype man. And I was like, yeah, I'm glad to hear somebody's on the same wave with me with that because I'm like, yeah, 
I'm not going to also have somebody on the stage like, you got it. Hey, Aunt, you got it. Don, you got it. So that's just Here what it is. is. Yo, y'all, um, before we hop out there, Don, just tell people a little about your book that you got out there. So, yeah, I have a book called Inspirational Life Lessons by Don Patrice. You can find it on Amazon.com and Barnes and & Nobles. And it is a book of excerpts, over 250 excerpts. And they're small because I know a lot of people don't want to read too much now because it's just it's like I'm tired. I'm falling asleep as I'm reading. I do. <laughs> I want to read a lot. I'm good. Right, right. So once you open it up, it's pretty much like a daily life devotional. So you can open up any page and find encouragement from one page to the next. So as simple as just keep going, believe in yourself, be your biggest hype person. So it's about life lessons that I've learned and I've listened to others to be able to share with you all. So I hope that you are inspired and encouraged by the book. So thank you. Yes, yes, y'all, please go ahead and Get out there and support her. I promise you, there's always some gems. And I'm going I'm to put y'all in on a little secret with this one. In one of her um, stories, she was showing with a couple of students who read her book and they actually recited it back what they got from the book. So if you got some young people reciting your book, that means you got something there. So, yeah. So there you have it, folks. So, Don, thank you. Thank you so much for vibing me. And this sparring session is officially over. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me, y'all. I'm going to put all of her information and inspiration in the description box. Make sure you go ahead and check her out. As I said, just an incredible spirit. And I think if you did not hear it through this, I don't know what's going on with you. So, Don, thank you, thank you so much. And, y'all, as you go out there, please make sure you go ahead and be your own hype person, as Don said. That yes, you're going to want to fold. Yes, you're going to want to say it's over, but... Listen, if you don't throw in your towel, you don't know what the next round will be. And we have seen that throughout time. So, like I always tell you, wipe the blood, wipe the sweat, wipe the tears. But whatever you do, don't throw in your towel. I will check you when I check you. We'll see you when we see you. We are out of here. Peace. I holla. <laughs> All right, y'all. We out. Later.